Welcome to the Secrets of Confident Women podcast, where you'll learn all the best tips, tricks, and practical techniques for building the confidence levels you've always wanted. With inspiring interviews, real-life examples, and game-changing insights, this podcast is for women who know that mastering the skill of confidence is one of the most important things they'll ever do. Hello and welcome to the new season of the Secrets of Confident Women podcast for 2023. We are so excited to be back and we're really looking forward to another year of amazing episodes and incredible interviews with inspiring women. I'm Jodie Bruce-Clark and together with my business partner, Anastasia Adams, we run Rise Women, which is a business dedicated to helping all women make confidence their new normal. So before we get stuck into today's episode, I'd like to welcome back Anastasia to the podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome and thanks for joining us again. I am so excited to be back and really can't wait to bring you all some really amazing episodes this year. Yeah, absolutely. So let's start the year with a topic that we know you all want to hear about because it's something that I speak to our coaching clients about all the time. Today's episode is about why you're not speaking up in meetings and what you can do about it. We know this is an issue for so many women for a variety of reasons. So today we're going to go through three of the main challenges and also give you some great practical confidence building techniques to help you overcome them. There are so many reasons why women often feel they don't have the confidence to speak up in a meeting or to voice their opinions, especially when they know that they have something valuable to say that might even really help their colleagues or their co-workers. You know, they just don't speak up. Yeah, exactly. And we know we come up against this question all the time. We've both seen it play out in real life so often, right? Women who are strong and they're smart and they are so very competent but who hold back and don't speak up when they should. Uh, so in our experience, one of the main reasons why women often don't speak up in meetings or in, you know, really the workplace in general is because of the dreaded imposter syndrome. We know you've heard about it. <laughs> We've heard about it time and time again. It's always coming up and we are always amazed by the fact that it's usually the smartest and most capable women who suffer from this, right? It makes no sense, but this is the way it is. You know, women who have PhDs, women who run their own businesses or who are just perfect for leadership roles but who don't feel that they have the confidence to do what it takes in the workplace to make sure that their voice is actually heard. Yeah, it's just so true. And it's so sad because these are the exact women who should be speaking up, but you know, they let imposter syndrome hold them back. They know they have something important to say, but they're also aware that by not speaking up in meetings, they are stagnating their careers. And, you know, I also speak to many clients who are also specifically been told by their managers that they're ready for the next step in their career, but that they need to make themselves more visible in the workplace. And by sort of sharing their ideas and contributing more in meetings, that's the way they need to be more visible and be seen. But they literally don't know how to do that. And that's sort of why they come to me and we work on a plan to get them more visible and to be, you know, to be speaking up. You know that feeling, right? When you're in a meeting and a question is being asked and then a response sort of, you know, instantly pops into your head. But the second before you open your mouth to speak, that annoying little voice in your head starts up and completely sabotages you. And it happens 
instantly. It's like it's ready and raring to go as soon as you, you know. It's like hanging on the sidelines. It going, is. Going, I see what you're trying to do here <laughs> yes. and I've got this. Yeah. It often starts with small and seemingly harmless questions. Inner questions like, are you sure you really want to say that? Or perhaps you should wait and see what others are going to say. It's shady. And then it escalates. And sometimes that voice can get really mean because it starts with comments like, don't say that or you'll sound stupid. Or what if my answer is wrong and people think I don't know what I'm talking about? And sometimes I've even heard from clients and I've experienced myself that it even goes so far as to question your actual worth and the value of your contribution. Things like, everyone here is so much smarter than me, so maybe I should just keep quiet and say nothing. Or even, you know, it questions whether you belong in that meeting or in that role. The amount of times the voice in my head has said, do you even know what you're talking about with confidence? Like, honestly, I've been doing this for that many years. But it's not logical, but it says it anyway. And it's these exact questions that will usually stop you from contributing something really valuable and important in the workplace. So the only way to deal with them is to have confidence techniques on hand to use in the moment, which will help you to move through this self-doubt and to speak up. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. I mean, people often think that, you know, confidence is something inherent in us as humans, right? We've heard this, we deal with this all the time, that we're born with it or that we either have it or we don't have it. It, it, it. This actually forms like the foundation of a lot of what we do, trying to get people to dispel this myth in their head. But as we say over and over again, confidence is actually a skill. You can learn, practice and master it to get the results that you want. So in these types of circumstances in the workplace, it's crucial, it is literally crucial that you have confidence techniques at hand that you can implement instantly to get the outcome that you want. My favourite techniques at times like this is to actually take the focus off me and instead concentrate on the people I'm speaking with, right? So if I feel like my inner monologue is about to just silence me and stop me from voicing my opinion, I have a statement on hand that I repeat to myself and it's, you know, my form of counterattack. So one of the most effective ones that I use is no one else can say this the way I can because no one else has my personal experience or my perspective, right? So other people are going to say things similar to me, but no one will say it the way I do. And by repeating this to yourself, you kind of remind yourself that your viewpoint is unique and that it can offer something to your colleagues that no one else can offer in the way that you will. Uh, Another great one to have is this is not about me or my insecurities or my self-doubt. This is about me being able to help someone else with what I know. And I really love this one because it does shift your focus from yourself to the other person, which then kind of allows you to, you know, push your doubt aside for a minute. It's still there. It's always there. But it lets you push it aside and, you know, redirect your focus and really think about what you have to offer or contribute to the other people in the meeting. Yeah, I know. I love these. And, you know, reframing your thoughts is actually a great technique to use when imposter syndrome strikes. You know, I teach this technique to my clients all the time and we literally write out scripts of more helpful thoughts that they can use to replace the negative thoughts in the moment. Because remember, the, look, the, the negative thoughts are not going away. You know, this is how your brain works. They're there for a reason and that's a whole another episode. 
But what you need to do is, and you know, this step is often so missed by women. They feel like if the thoughts are there, something's wrong. Well, nothing's wrong. The only thing you've missed is that you haven't got a planned, structured replacement thought ready to go to, you know, replace, to to strategically manage the imposter syndrome or those thoughts when they arise. That's what I do as a confident woman. And that's what most confident women do. It's not that they don't have these thoughts. It's just that they've learned the techniques that they need to manage them when they appear. And as we say, have those, you know, scripted, more helpful thoughts to replace put in the way because your brain's just going to run the same conversation over and over again. You know, I'm sure you all realise you don't even come up with new thoughts every time. They're the same (laughs) old crappy ones (laughs) that you've probably been thinking for 40 years, for goodness sake, you know. The thing is, right, if you create these structured planned approaches that you're saying, like creating these really strategic thoughts, then they will also start to become a new habit, right? Absolutely. The more you use it, the more you practice it, the more natural it will feel because in the beginning it won't feel natural. No. It'll feel a bit uncomfortable and a bit but the more you do it, the more natural it will feel. Yeah, absolutely. And you have to just then, when that conversation arises, you shut it down and you have these more powerful and more helpful thoughts to replace the negative. Yeah. You know, that will really help you be able to move through. And those thoughts, you start to go on the spiral down. Like they, they're not going to turn positive themselves. That's what I'm always saying to my clients, right? You have to strategically, purposefully put the positive thoughts there because they won't turn positive themselves. It's just not how your brain works, right? It's just the way it is. So have those planned helpful thoughts ready to go to replace the negative thoughts and that will help you with that imposter syndrome. Okay, so let's move on to the second reason why you may not be speaking up in a meeting and that reason is because of fear. Now, fear can manifest itself in so many forms. Fear of what others think or say, there's the fear of failing, the fear of embarrassment, the fear of sounding or looking ridiculous in front of your colleagues. I mean, the list goes on, right? And at the end of the day, it all comes back to fear. And you know what? The irony is here that we often spend a lot of time fearing something that actually hasn't happened or is unlikely to happen, right? There's a lot going on in our brains. And again, it's sort of how your brain works. It's sort of the issue with being a human. This this is how your brain works and this is what we One of our many limitations. Yeah, one of our many. (laughs) But you've got to learn to work with it, right? So now, you know, we work with women on the topic of fear a lot and there are so many techniques to manage it. In this situation, we think the most useful one is to learn to actually expect the fear and then push through it anyway. And we've spoken about this a lot in other previous episodes, but it is so important and I still see it come up for women. They think that if the fear is there, something's wrong, but the fear is supposed to be there. That's how your brain works. And you want to expect the fear and know how to deal with it. You see, you know, we often fear the unknown, the uncertainty and the what ifs, but expecting these fears to come up is actually the best way to eliminate them because if you're ready for them and you know that they're coming, suddenly they're not as scary and they lose their power over you. So what would this look like in real life if you're trying to manage these fears in order to speak up in a meeting? You know, are you afraid of what others might think or say? Well, the truth is you can't control that. And usually what people think or say has nothing to do with you anyway. (laughs) 
it's usually only their interpretation of the situation based on their fears or their perspectives and, you know, their personal experiences. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. You know, it's like that famous quote, you'd stopped caring what people think of you if you realise how yeah, seldom they do, I know, right? exactly, right? These same people that you're worried about, the ones that you're worried about, their opinions and what they're going to say about you and how you look to them, they're actually too busy worrying about themselves and how they sound to others to actually care about you. And that's a reality of it. We all have the same fears. It's not unique to you. Everyone's experiencing the same thing. And then there's this other huge fear that we come across all the time, especially in the workplace, which is the fear of failure, right? And this is a big one because let's face it, nobody likes to fail especially in the workplace where there's this kind of idea of natural progression. You've got to keep winning to move up, you know, the corporate ladder. But here's the catch. The trick to managing this one is not to avoid failing, but to rethink the entire concept and truly believe that there's no such thing as failure. So every time you think you failed at something, you've actually learned something instead, right? And this is a whole new kind of thought process that you've got to create in your mind. You tried, it may not have worked out the way you'd hoped, but there's always, always a lesson in that. You know, honestly, we rarely, rarely learn when we get something right. Very rarely. We just keep repeating the same habits and the same behaviours because our brain is telling us that, you know, we did nothing wrong. You did it right. Nothing to learn here. Move on. Um, But when we fail or when we think that we've failed, that's when we get a chance to reevaluate and to analyse what we've done so that we can do it better next time. So the way to manage this particular fear and, you know, the technique that we use is to constantly remind yourself that there is no such thing as failure. You need to prepare your brain every single time you go into a meeting. It could be like a mantra that you say to yourself or just a comment, you know, before you step into that room, just go, there's no such thing as failure. So that if things don't go as planned, you'll instantly start looking for the lesson rather than, you know, wallowing in this downward spiral of kind of shame and embarrassment and guilt because you think you did something wrong. Yes, that's right. And then what you need to do is work this into a plan to show up and speak up. Because look, the fear is not going away. So it's up to you to make a commitment to yourself to feel the fear and push through anyway. Show up to the meeting prepared to say at least one thing, even if it's just your name or ask a question or just reaffirming something that someone else has said. Just say something to start creating the habit of speaking up. You literally need to practice words coming out of your mouth because this is the only way to break the habit of not speaking up. Speaking up is the way. You have to practice. And again, find the small things that you can say. That first push through of just asking a question takes on a huge moment for you. And that is where it starts changing your neural pathways and changing the habit of that to really just say, I didn't want to speak and I spoke and nothing happened. I didn't die and it's all okay. And now I can do that again. And you build on that gives you a reference point to refer back to. It's your reference point. Yeah. Start small and then build on that. And, you know, look, this is such a huge topic and you can probably hear how passionate I am about this because, oh my goodness, I come across this all the time and it's so important because 
It's so disappointing to me when I hear that women have let these thoughts undermine their value and make them feel unworthy or even insignificant in the workplace, you know. You must speak up. You must start to break this habit and move forward into feeling that fear, moving through the fear and having the words come out of your mouth. That's what you need to do. Okay, so let's move on to the third reason why you might not be speaking up in a meeting, which is the feeling of being unprepared. Now, when we refer to preparation in this context, it's actually twofold. You need to prepare your mindset just as much as your content before you even go into a meeting and sometimes even more so. You see, imposter syndrome, fear and all the other things that stop you from speaking up all often stem from the same feelings of uncertainty and self-doubt. And that negative voice in your head really knows how to take those insecurities and amplify them to the point where they can be paralyzing. But if you are prepared, if you are organized and you've prepped your mind as well as your content, then you'll be on your game and better equipped to speak up with confidence. Use the techniques we've discussed to give yourself the absolute best chance of success in a meeting because they will help you speak up and make sure that your voice is heard when it matters most. And the key here is to preempt what could be coming your way. You know, are you worried that someone might ask you a question that you don't know the answer to? Well, don't stress. Prepare for that by having a pre-planned, well-thought-out one-liner ready to go for that exact situation. You know, something like, hmm, oh, look, I'm not sure about this, but let me look into it further. And, you know, after this meeting, I'll come straight back to you. Confidently and openly accepting any limitations or, you know, lack in knowledge, but committing to the process of finding out more is so much more powerful and effective than panicking or fumbling your way through some nervous response that just doesn't come across confidently, you know? And again, practice the words actually coming out of your mouth. It allows you to deliver them when needed with confidence. You know, I worked with a lady a couple of years ago and this is exactly what we did. She was so nervous about being asked a question that she couldn't answer that we had pre-prepared statements ready to go, but she practiced saying them. You know, she practiced the words actually coming out of her mouth. She practiced them to her kids. She practiced them to herself in the mirror. She practiced them to her husband so that, you know, the words were on her tongue. Like when you know how to say something, you just deliver it more easily. And then she could just say it with so much more confidence. So it wasn't like she was making it up on the spot, but they were you know, pre-planned, well thought out, almost scripted answers that she knew she had to hand to deliver when she got into that place of feeling, you know, there was a question that she didn't, she couldn't answer. Yeah, yeah. I think that would help you manage the nerves in the moment because you're ready for it, right? And it's true. It's often not what people say, but it's how they say it that has the most impact. So I'd much rather be in a meeting and hear someone say they didn't know something, but they'd get back to me rather than listen to them, you know, just ramble and rant and just confuse me even more. We've all been there where people, you can, it's very obvious they don't know what they're saying and they're trying to hide it by just rambling. And I'd much rather that person just goes, you know what? 
I'm not sure, but I'll get back to you. And you're like, right, I know where I stand. It's very relatable. We've all been there. And I think in situations like this and actually as part of your preparation, I think it's also a really great idea to kind of spend 10 minutes before a meeting um, just brainstorming, you know, some tricky questions that you might expect and then having your answers ready for those. And, you know, if you know them, if you know there are going to be tricky questions and you're ready for the answers, then great. But if you don't, then kind of be prepared and ready to confidently reply accordingly, like, you know, with statements like Jody's client had. And the best way is actually you can beat the questions by openly acknowledging that you're waiting on further information or that you're not clear about something, but that you're looking into it and that you'll follow up after the meeting. Uh, Because this way you won't even have to deal with the questions. You've answered them before they're actually asked, right? So you're kind of saving yourself that trouble of someone asking you a question that you don't know the answer to. You know, I just know so many powerful and confident leaders who use this technique and I actually think it's quite refreshing and very inspiring because it's real and it's relatable and it shows that it's okay not to know everything because nobody does. Yeah, exactly. You know, preparation really is crucial on so many levels when you're getting ready to head into a meeting and it's the best way to eliminate the fear of being, you know, caught off guard, which is a fear that can absolutely derail you in the moment. So hopefully we've offered you some simple but practical techniques to help you beat that imposter syndrome and those fears and doubts so that you're better able to speak up and make your voice heard next time you're in a work meeting. And remember, our website and our courses can help you with this topic and so much more. So please head over to risewomen.com where we've got a whole stack of resources to help you build your confidence at work and in life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Anastasia and I are happy to be back and we look forward to offering you another wonderful year of the Secrets of Confident Women podcast. So until next time, bye for now. Bye. Bye.